This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah! 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 Praise God! All right, thank you, choir. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. As if you like singing, but God bless you. Thank you. Amen. All right, Colossians chapter 1. So, you know, the interesting thing is this, right? Um, so, our pastor has been sharing um, a particular series. So, in the first service, he talks about the blood. Second service, he talks about what? What? The ministry of angels. Okay, I was trying to check if you've been coming to church. Then the third service, he would do what? Talk about what? The ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But today, in the second service, what did we talk about? The advantage, you see, See, so let me, let me tell you a secret. So, um, when I was coming, yeah, so driving, um, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to make the second service, I said, okay, General D will talk about the ministry of angels. So I'll talk about who? The Holy Spirit. So I was meditating as I was firing and driving. <laughs> And I got to church, and I was standing behind and just greeting some of the wonderful children of God. And I looked at the stage, and I saw the Holy Spirit advance. I said, ah, <laughs> why would you do this to me? <laughs> so you know what? I said, okay, the Spirit of God, maybe you want me to talk about the angels, right? And he said, yes. So the people in the third service today, God wants you to hear about the ministry of angels. Right? So I, I trust you'll be blessed. Amen. Colossians chapter 1 and verses 12. Very powerful portion of the scriptures. The Bible says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. I mean, if you were here on Wednesday or you listened to the message, I think I spoke a lot about being a partaker of the divine nature. Amen. Verse 13. And Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then explains to us what happened. He says, I want us to read this together. Can we go? One, two, let's go. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Somebody say amen. 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 He's translated us. So we no longer belong to the kingdom of darkness. We belong to the kingdom of light. And there are implications. Amen. Praise God. Can you welcome two people beside you, telling them you are now a citizen 
of the kingdom of light. All right, and you may take your seats after you do that. Praise God. We've been translated to the kingdom of his dear son. It's the kingdom of light. And by virtue of this translation, we now have access to certain rights and privileges. And I was talking about this on Wednesday. You know, I remember a story that um, I read somewhere. Um, it's the story of um, this young man who decided to um, board a ship, go on what you would typically call a boat cruise or so. And when he got into this boat, he paid. So let's assume he paid $1,000, assuming. He paid, and he got into the boat, and he decided that he was going to just sit very calmly and gently, you know, in the cabin that he was given, because somewhere in his mind, he had thought that all he paid for was the transportation cost. So when coming, he planned ahead, was a smart guy, packed cabin biscuits, who knows cabin biscuits? Okay. Shows how old you are. Cabin biscuits, right? Packed cabin biscuit. You know, put it there. Took some little juice. Put it there inside his bag. And he came in and, you know, when he walked in, he looked at the other passengers. I mean, these people were holding something very little. So obviously, they did not plan for the future. And he was looking at them and said, <laughs> this trip is going to take one week. These people are not even planned for the future. And when he got in, when it was time for lunch, the people who walk in the ship walked around, said, it's time for lunch. And the man said, ah, no, I'm not going to. That's so that when I get there, they will now charge me extra. It's only $1,000 I paid. So he sat down. So everybody went. He'll bring out his cabin biscuits. He'll eat a little. Okay, this is today's portion, tomorrow's portion. And he did that all through the week. So when he was coming down from the ship, I mean, the ship had gotten to its destination. As it was coming down, you know, the captain stood shaking everybody and telling them, thank you for, you know, boarding my ship. When he got, got to his turn, the captain looked at him and said, ah, sir, I did not see you throughout, you know, time for breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, when people were coming around. In fact, yesterday night we had a party for those on the ship. You didn't come out said, hope, no issues, no problems. <laughs> the man looked at him and said, <laughs> that, so he wanted to show he was smart. He said, so those that ate breakfast, lunch, how much did they pay extra? You know, lunch, breakfast. And the captain looked at him and said, they didn't pay any amount extra. He said, what do you mean? <laughs> Realization, you know, where reality hits. <laughs> he said, what do you mean? And the captain said, when you paid for the transportation, feeding, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and everything else was inside what you paid. The man said, hey <laughs> He missed out one whole week. And you know there are people like that. Right? There are people like that. You know... Uh, <laughs> I have this very interesting friend. He will tell you that whenever I'm not saying you should do it, 
says whenever he goes to any hotel, he will pack everything, <laughs> all the tissue, even though well, you carry everything. <laughs> he will say, maybe I paid, <laughs> so let me carry everything. You know, I mean, well, maybe you shouldn't take the tour, Shabbat. But, I mean, this guy understands his rights, that I paid for it. Now, there are people like that. You see, we've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And I said there are implications. There are lots of things that we have access to. But do you know, lots of Christians live life not maximizing all of what Jesus died for them to experience and enjoy. So they are living life deprived of all of those things, and they are begging God. And God is looking at them and saying, I paid, I paid. So knowledge is a powerful thing. Very powerful. It's important you know. And the Bible says in the book of 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, and started to explain to us something very important and something very interesting. 2 Peter chapter 1. I want us to read it together. It says, Simon Peter, servant of an apostle of Jesus Christ. Can you go to the second verse? He says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace and peace. Do you know what peace is? What's peace? What's peace? Come on, tell me. You are correct. You are correct. It's not a trick question. What's peace? Eh? How do we define peace in this ministry? Nothing missing, nothing broken. Wholeness, completeness. Family, good. Finance, good. Job, good. Business, good. Health, good. Preservation, good. Everything, good. That's peace. He says, the way grace and peace is multiplied to the saints of God is through knowledge. So an ignorant saint is a saint that will live with less experience of grace and peace. And not because Jesus did not make it available, but the saints did not know. Through the knowledge, verse 3, now begins to explain what he just said. According as his divine power had given unto us all things. How many things? All things that pertain unto what? Life and godliness. Through what again? The knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these ye might be what? Partakers. You see that word again. Partakers of the divine nature. A participator of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So telling us again that knowledge is important. You cannot afford to be ignorant. Tell your neighbor that. You cannot afford to be ignorant. You can't afford to be ignorant. Amen. So knowledge is powerful. I said it that way. Knowledge is powerful. I did not say knowledge is power. And it's deliberate. Because knowledge is not power. Knowledge is only potential power. It is knowledge acted upon that becomes power. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because what is power? Those of us that did physics. What's power? Ability to... So there must be action. So knowledge is not power, as they say. It is... Knowledge is potential power. 
is knowledge acted upon that becomes power. But it starts with you even knowing. <laughs> At least no. Praise God. No. Now, one of the things amongst a lot of things that I believe that we should know about, one of the things we should know about is the ministry of angels. You know, people live every day of their lives not recognizing that they are not alone. As a matter of fact, somebody calls you and says, are you the only one there? You say, yes, I am the only one there. But you see, the truth is that you are not the only one there. <laughs> you have angels all around you. You have the Holy Spirit on your inside. How can you be the only one there? That's why no horror movie, lights goes off, should scare you. Because you're not the only one. Amen? Right? You're not the only one. See, the ministry of angels is one ministry that I believe a lot of saints have not understood. Hence, they've not maximized. Pastor has been sharing a lot about it. And in a way, I'm going to summarize a few of his thoughts. And then, I'm going to just say one thing. Right? Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. Can we open there? Hebrews chapter 1 and the 14th verse. Tells us, okay. Describing angels and who they are. Says, are they not all what? Ministering spirits. Sent forth to minister for them. Not, you see, the Bible, the writer of this portion chose his or her words very carefully. He says, send for to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Are you, are you one of the heirs of salvation? Are you sure? No, some people are not looking sure. Ask your neighbor, are you sure? Are you one of the heirs of salvation? What did the neighbor say? What did the neighbor say? All right, so heirs of salvation. Well, if you were not sure, Colossians 1, that's why I started from that verse, right? You've been translated. So you're an heir of salvation. You've inherited salvation. It's now your birthright, right? It's your experience. And it says that angels have been sent forth to minister for us. Now, the, I won't go into the theology of who angels is. I think Pastor has shared extensively about that from the beginning of this month. And I think you should get the message and listen to it again. Praise God. But I want to quickly just talk about four ways to activate your angels. Four ways. Four ways to get your angels to work on your behalf. Four very important ways. Number one, speaking the word boldly. Speaking the word, God's word, boldly. Psalms 103 verse 20. Psalms 103 verse 20, the Bible says that bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength and do his commandments, Hearkening unto what? The voice of his word. So, now get this. Angels do not hearken to his word. Angels hearken to the voice of his word. It is when his word is voiced that angels are committed. Do you understand? The voice of his word. Now, I remember many years ago, many years ago, and um, I, was in, I was living in the north, Kaduna then, and had this very interesting experience. I might have told some of us before. 
So, you, you know, at that time, and I think it's no more very popular now. It's, it's in a different way now. There were, there were always riots. I mean, it was in once in three years. The devil organized one riot. And it would be lots of killings and all of that. <laughs> and a lot of times, it's always one religion against the other, right? Um, I remember, even though, thank God they didn't kill the guy, you know, they didn't kill him. So what had happened was, while the riots were going on, um, this section, um, Christians, right, were going and they caught this other guy who was from another religion. And they said, are you, are you a Christian? And the guy said, yes, and he was not. So they said, are you a Christian? He said, yes. So they looked at him and said, okay, say our father. And the guy said, well, our father, our mother, our... <laughs> oh, God, the slap they gave the guy. <laughs> the mother called my <laughs> Terrible slap. Well, they didn't kill him, so thank God. But it was very bad, right? They used to kill people, I mean, pay people to kill people and all of that then. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's your neighbor, your very neighbor that will tell them that, ah, go to that house, especially if you are a pastor or something. They'll kill them. Now, remember that I was living with um, a pastor at that time. I just finished my secondary school, right? So I was in Kaduna for about a year or so. You know, I was working, doing other things, and I was staying with this pastor. And so the neighbors are told this mob, right, that the people that live there, I mean, the man is a pastor, so they were all coming to the house. And they were trying to break the gates because, I mean, the gate was well fortified, so they were breaking and doing all of that. And as they were doing that, you know, it was very funny because behind the house, they had already gathered. So if you want to jump to the back, they are there. Anywhere you go, they are there. They took on the ministry of, you know, they were everywhere. Beside, they were there on all sides. So they had surrounded the compound of the house such that no matter what direction you go in, they will get you. And if you don't come out, so what they will do is they will just pour petrol and burn the house down. All of you die anyway. So it's either you come out and be slaughtered or you stay in and you die. <laughs> One of the two. Both ways, you are dead. So, so I remember going to the garage of the house and I looked and, of course, initial fear, because seeing this mob with this sickle, with all of the club, all of that. And I, as I, my, I was talking to my other, the other guy, another guy, who we both live in the house together, and I looked out and I said, ah, now what are we going to do? And while I asked him the question, it was as though the Holy Spirit responded to me and said, but you've been declaring Psalms 91. And I said, that's true. And I began to declare Psalms 91. Declare Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. A thousand shall, I decide to declare and chant it. And remember that verse 11 says, and he shall give his angels charge over thee. To keep thee. Now, as I began to chant it, Guess what happened? These guys, they broke down the gates of the house. As they broke, I mean, they broke down the gate, literally. And immediately, they paused. As though somebody said, stop, 
<laughs> you, know, you know, I think it was a movie. They stopped. They looked inside, looked inside, and their leader said, we'll come back. And they just started moving. They left. It's amazing. And immediately they left. Of course, they went to the next house, broke down the gate, burnt the house, killed people there, went to the third house, did the same, the fourth, the fifth. When they finished, they said, oh yeah, let's go back to that house that we left. As they were coming back, policemen came, military shooting, they ran away. That was how we were saved. Don't tell me that that was ordinary. Don't tell me. When you speak God's word, you see, God gets committed, but you see, God is not an errand boy. There are people who do, do these things. They are designed for it. He created them for that purpose. Ministering spirits sends them forth. I don't know what those guys saw, but as they broke down the gates, they stood looking. You see, when you speak God's word, consistently. I want you to know that what you are doing is that you are putting angels to work. Some of it you know. It's the ones you know you can even thank God for. There are some you are not even aware of. You just walk on. Sometimes you woke up in the morning, you try to kick your car, the car refuses to start. You are getting very upset. Then, <laughs> familiar story. So, you wake up in the morning, the car refuses to start, you are getting very upset and all of that. Then you call a mechanic, the mechanic comes, and the thing is a very small issue. They just touch it. They say, ah, is this what you have no idea? Maybe the angel looks at this one. The plans the devil has for you today, but you've been speaking. Just touches the castle. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So speaking God's words boldly, that is the first way. First way. You remember in Daniel chapter 3, the Bible tells us about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Very interesting story. The Bible tells us that these people, um, I mean, they had, Nebuchadnezzar had created this or made this golden image of himself and wanted people to come and bow and do all of that to it. And that whoever does not bow and people shouldn't request from God, you know, and do all of those things. Come and worship the image. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, nope, we're not going to do it. Other people bowed. They refused to bow. And then what happened? They caught them. Nebuchadnezzar was upset. He said they should, there was a fairy furnace. He said they should hit the furnace seven times hotter. And the Bible says he told mighty men to throw them into the furnace. The heat from the fire was so hot that the Bible tells us that the heat slew the mighty men. The heat, not the fire, the heat slew the mighty men. And when the, but the Bible says they threw them into the midst of the fire. And then, I like what Nebuchadnezzar, I'm sorry, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. They looked at Nebuchadnezzar before he threw them into the fire. They said, King, we are not bound, no. He says, because our God is able to deliver us. What is your conversation about God like? He says, our God is able to deliver us. He says, see, we are not in doubt that he will deliver us. He says, but well, we also just want you to know that we're not even doing this because he will deliver us. Because that part is sure. You know, that, that's, I don't know, some, sometimes we read that portion of the Bible as though they said, we are not sure if he will deliver, he might deliver, he might not. No, 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 that's not what they said. 
They said very clearly, I think maybe verse 16, Daniel 3, 16. They said it clearly. They said, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. And then they were lecturing him, verse 16. They said, even if he does deliver us, it's not because he won't deliver us. Delivering us is certain. But we just wanted you to know that, you see, our allegiance to this God is sound. So we're not doing this because of the deliverance, because he will deliver us anyway. <laughs> Praise God. And the Bible tells us that Nebuchadnezzar himself looked at the fire and he, saw, he said, ah, wait, were there not three people we threw into the fire? How come there are four? How come there are four? What happens when people gang up against you? At work, in your business place, and you can feel it that See, it seems that these people are plotting something against me. Do you need to bother? No, just keep declaring your deliverance. It's, you see, the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar himself said, there are four people walking around in the fire. And the fourth one, and I like the father, says they are walking around. And because, check, read the Bible, read chapter 3. And when Nebuchadnezzar got astonished, the Bible says he went closer and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Comfort. And the Bible says they came out of it. That means they could have escaped all along. They decided, I'll see. So you don't know anything. Let, we'll show you the God life today. So yeah, we're set to the fire. <laughs> and the Bible says that when they came out, that, that part has never ceased to amaze me. The Bible says that aside from their hair was not singed, their clothes was not burnt, the Bible says there was no smell. How do you play under the rain and there is no single drop of water on your body? He says there was no smell of fire. That's what our God can do. He's a mighty deliverer. And he uses his angels. Number two, prayer. And I think pastor has spoken a lot about that. Remember Acts chapter 12? When the Bible tells us about Peter... After they had killed James, Herod had caught James, killed him. The Bible says that he caught Peter also. And he was going to kill Peter, but he put Peter in prison. It says, but something that was done for Peter and wasn't done for James started to happen. The Bible says they began to pray. They began to pray for Peter. But prayer was made for Peter. You see, when we pray, I want you to know that what we're doing is that we are warding off the forces of darkness and we are activating our angels. I never go into a hotel room and just walk into the room, land on the bed. <sighs> no, 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 no. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I sanctify this place. And see, uh, I take authority over the environment. Prayer, powerful force that activates angels. So when we say pray, you must understand that it is beyond request and all of that. What we're also doing is that we are getting our forces to go into action. Is there anything that is bothering you? I want you to understand. Yes, play that song. I want you to understand that as you pray, your prayers are not meaningless. Something is happening. Something is happening. Something is happening. 
I remember the story Pastor told us about, you know, um, what's his name now? Dr. Paul Young Cho. One of the, at the time, was pastoring the largest church in Korea. The Bible says, that, I mean, Pastor said that he got to Japan and began to pray and talk about taking Japan. And the devil appeared to him in the night and said, you would not take Japan. And he began to pray. And as he was doing that, the devil looked at him and said, it's not working, though. That pray some more. And he said he was about to fret. And he remembered John 8, 44. That says he's a liar. When he says it is not working, it is working. So he looked at the devil and said, no, I know it is working. And he kept on praying. And the devil looked at him and said, you know what? I will come back another day. I won't kill you today. And you left. Prayer activates angels. Number three and number four, as I began to round up. Praise. Somebody say praise. In Acts chapter 16, we read the story of Paul and Silas. I mean, we even turned it into a song. Paul and Silas, they, and they, and what happened? The Bible never said the Holy Ghost came down. I mean, hope you know. That one was our own creation. But the song, he made it sweet, Sha, no problem. <laughs> it's okay. They prayed, they sang. That's what the Bible says, Acts chapter 16. Acts 16, 23 to 26. The Bible says that after Paul and Silas, they prayed, they sang, there was an earthquake in the prison, right? You might be wondering, ah, what caused the earthquake? Well, if you read Acts chapter 12, you will know what caused the earthquake in Acts chapter 16. Because the same way Peter got out of prison, that was the same way. This was we're going to get out. Have you been praying about something? And it looks like, eh, maybe it's not working. Have you tried praise? Because as we praise, what happens is that we create an atmosphere for angels to operate. The fourth is acts of kindness. I'll just quote the verse. Hebrews 13, 2. It says that some people, be careful to entertain strangers... Because some people have entertained them, angels rather, unawares. I was telling um, some of our pastors this morning. I was woke up, I went for a retreat somewhere, woke up 5 a.m. and said I was going to be coming, you know, to church. I was supposed to be here early. So I got into the car for some very interesting reason. I just, you know, a friend was supposed to come with me. So he delayed me for some two, three minutes. And as I looked at the dashboard, I discovered that the, you know, the, the, what do they call that thing again? Temperature gauge had gone up very high. So I switched off the car. So did that for a number of times, and I discovered I had to call a mechanic. What, who was the mechanic I called? Now, my own mechanic said I had to tow the car. When he said tow the car, I said tow the car. The security man looked at me, said, Oga, you don't want to tow the car. I said, why? He said, the last person that towed the car from here to, I mean, mentioned somewhere very close by, let's say from here to Ahmed Junction, said he paid 50,000 naira. I don't know what you will pay. So because you are towing the car. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit brought someone's name to mind. Interestingly, the person was a colleague. Just two days ago, Around 12 in the night, I was about to sleep. I was tired. We had had this lengthy session. As I got down to go and sleep, got, got to my room, he called. He said, Joshua, do you have a jumper cable? 
I said, no, I don't have one. He said, okay, no problems. And I said, what happened to your car? And he described. And I said, I'm coming. He's tired. We got out. We're looking for, trying to sort him out. We ended up not sorting him out, but we had stayed till about 1 p.m. there, a.m. thereabouts. I was very tired, and he was so appreciative. Yesterday, he got his mechanic. His mechanic came. They sorted it out. Now, I called him, and he said, I said, that mechanic that sorted you out, can you give me his number? So he gave me the number of the mechanic. The mechanic said, ah, I'm going to church, sir. Let me give you the number of another mechanic. I called that mechanic. The mechanic is 30 minutes away. Now, this place is very far. If, if I mentioned, okay, Lakaway. You know Lakaway Lake, so that very far. And I called the mechanic, and he comes and sorts me out. And I'm here this morning. Now, what would have happened if he called? I said, ah, do you have? No. And I go back to sleep. You never know who you are helping. He says, be careful to just be good. Acts of kindness. You never know. What happens is that angels use those things. You can just be good to somebody. Do not be good to people because they can do good to you. Be good to them because that is who we are. Do you understand what I just said? Have you been blessed this morning? Can you rise up on your feet, please? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Four things, four things, four things. I wanted to begin to declare, and I, I perceive that I want you to look into your future. Now, I know we're in 2023, surrounding up. I want to look at 2024 and begin to make declarations concerning 2024. Now, if you are quiet, I feel sorry for you. Begin to make declarations about 2024. You know, Pastor Shola used to say that soldiers, true soldiers who win wars, do not prepare for the war during the war. They prepare before. That's what I sensed in my spirit as I was coming for service this morning. You know, begin to declare, 2024 is going to be a beautiful year for me. No bad news. I send forth angels. I deploy angels into 2024. Go forth and begin to bring favor my way. Bring goodness my way. At the end of 2024, I'll be amazed at what God would have done in my life. So I look at 2020 years, 2024 through the eyes of the prophet. I'm preserved. My family is protected. No evil. No evil befalls us. As people are saying there's a casting down, we are saying there's a lifting up. That is our testimony. That is our experience. That is our experience. That is our experience. The economy of this nation favors me. In 2024, the orchestrations of this nation work to favor me. The elements of life work to favor me and my family. I am moving forward in the name of Jesus. All things are working together for my good. I live and I don't die in 2024. The life of God is at work in every fiber of my being, from the head, crown of my head to the feet, to my toes and my feet. I'm healthy and strong. I flush out every kind of sickness the devil might have planted for it to be discovered in 2024. I flush it out of my system in the name of Jesus. Angels, go forth and open international doors for me. 
Doors on every side. Doors on every side. Ribahande zefrokosko vrahanda larama. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. You know what you just did? You just deployed angels into 2024 on your behalf. So when people are seeing you shining, what would you tell them? It is God. Oh. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.